0: Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. The
1: Atlanta Falcons made a trade. Woohoo! And it's round two for the Hawks. But is it going to be one guy who makes them or one guy who breaks them?
0: And marriage proposals at sporting games. Is it time to put these things to a stop? We'll talk about all that next in the Culture. But we got to do it. ATL Day Ones. It's time. Let's go.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now.
0: I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about Terry Fontenot... My dog. Like, I think he's moved into this to, to this realm right now, T. The man has made a trade for cornerback Jeff Okuda. He was a first-round pick the same year as A.J. Terrell. We remember all the conversations about where they ranked and whether Raheem Morris, who does he like more as far as who that, in that corner in that particular draft, has come to find out, hey, A.J. Terrell is that guy. He was that guy in that draft, and I think that Jeffrey Okuda has had a lot of injuries. But the, the Falcons say, hey, you know what? We'll give you a fresh start down here. They are reportedly um, trading a fifth-round pick as compensation. T, when you think about putting pieces together, trying to build something, I think Terry Fontenot might be on the right track with this one.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that – there are a couple things that make it the right track. One of the biggest things that makes it the right track, you gave up a fifth-rounder. Essentially, yep. Terry Fondo gave up nothing. So the Falcons, to me, are winning in that regard. That's part one. Part two is, like you said, I go back to those a couple years ago as well in that particular draft, and Jeff Okuda was really the name that you kept hearing, kept hearing across the entire draft, and there were some thoughts that he would come to the Falcons. Obviously, A.J. Terrell, A, they selected him, and like you said, B, still believe it was the right move, and yes, Okuda has had injuries. However, when you look at the 2022 season, he started to look like the old Jeff Okuda again, especially in the beginning of the season. He did start 15 games for them. He set career highs in tackles and passes defended. And you and I both know that what this defense is looking for, what Ryan Nielsen is looking for, and what A.J. Terrell has shown is the desire to get in the game and not just be this corner who's saying, hey, I'm going to be a ball hawk. I'm going to look to uh, just intercept the ball. I'm also right. going to look to defend passes and deflect passes and make sure that a pass is not completed or that the chains aren't moved. But also, if by chance you somehow, whether you're a running back or wide receiver, or whomever, you get to that second level, Terrell is waiting for you because he doesn't yeah. mind tackling. So I believe in Jeff Okudi, you get that kind of guy who does not mind tackling as well. And Jarvis, I was looking at it from the perspective of the draft, and maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off of what you can, should, or will do at the number eight position, because Mm -hmm. I think you got a guy. I think you got a guy. And I know that we still don't know where Casey Hayward is going to land, just as an example in terms of that injury piece. But again, I believe Terry Fontenot is stacking the deck. We're hopefully stacking the deck in the secondary and in other places so he can get somebody who can put the quarterback on the ground.
0: Yeah. That's why I love this move. Right. Because it's, it's kind of like a, like, all right, you know, let's give you a low round pick. And I know a lot of people talking about the compensation, like why would they trade him for a fifth round pick? You know, like he's a, he's a guy that's going into, you know, his, his last year of his contract. And when you think about that, Hey like this is kind of almost kind of like a prove it deal for him and I think that when you have you know you like you said I love the the, the term that you use stacking the deck that's because that's what this type of, this is that type of move right because if he plays well for you He's not going to command the type of money that AJ Terrell is going to get, you know. And he can get an, even another prove it deal, and, and because at the end of the day, the Falcons are showing that hey, we feel like you can work down here. We have confidence in you, and and Detroit is in a situation where we're like, hey man, this didn't work out. You were the number three overall pick in that in that in that year in that draft, and you didn't. It just didn't work out for whatever reason. So hey, let's move on. Let's part ways. And the Falcons are stepping in, saying hey, you know what? We feel like we can work with you. Ryan Nielsen saying hey, I can. Work with this kid give me this guy he has that long he has that type of uh, body type that i'm looking for at the cornerback position and i think that the falcons are stacking the deck and getting them setting themselves up to follow the hashtag tanitra mantra because i think that this is setting up very nicely t for the falcons to go edge at that number eight overall pick because when you talk about, you know, the Casey Hayward piece, because we know that he has some capable starting capabilities, sure. but they don't know whether or not I feel, I feel that they don't know whether or not they're going to be able to bring him into the fold as that, that back, that number two starter, you know, to start off, because like you said, you don't know how long that in lingering injuries, he's older. He might even come to a point where he say, you know what, I'm going to sit down. I'm, I'm I'm good with football, but Being that the situation which you're in today, they saw opportunity, and I I love the fact that this regime is taking advantage of the situations that they're being dealt, and I think that they're going to do that too on April 2017 when that number eight overall uh, sounder comes on and Roger Goodell walks that that board. I'm I'm very confident that it might might be a guy, like you said, to put that quarterback on his back. (laughs)
1: indeed and boy you want to talk about putting somebody on their back after what three games are going down going down going down Sean Murphy put the whole red team on their back
0: yes T. yes like and, and and here's the thing that that I really love about Sean Murphy doing this thing last night against the um the um the Cincinnati Reds excuse me like people are like oh yeah Sean Murphy he's out here struggling he's doing this he's doing that I'm just like what like, it takes time. This is baseball. This is 162 doggone games. Like, why are y'all tripping nine, ten games in? Like, what are we talking about here? Right. But, yeah, like, the, for him to be able to come through in the clutch like he did last night, And, of course, Bryce Elder, got to give him his props as well for him being on the mound and and the Braves dealing with so many injuries in the starting rotation, seemingly. And for him to come in and have the type of performance that he did, Sean Murphy, those two I think were the, the stars for me last night for the Atlanta Braves to get the win against the Cincinnati Reds.
1: And going back to Sean Murphy, he didn't just get a walk off, right? It wasn't a walk off single, double, triple. It was a he yard. He went run, yard. He went yard. Yes. In the inning, right? Yes. And whole, totally wiped away the fact that like you said, Braves had a 3-1 lead and really a 1-0 lead going in courtesy of Bryce Elder. But I right. think it's important to note as well that you you made a A statement that I just want to co-sign on and that is we do have to be patient this is one of those leagues where you do have a ridiculous number of games 162 games to be exact and let's not forget it took Matt Olsen a long time to really really get his sea legs under him as a brave now when he got his legs under him it was lights out for the rest of last season and as we've seen the beginning of this season he started out pretty solid as well so I just think that overall fans have to be patient and listen if we are talking about Jarvis 11 games 11 games he's this is where he jumps up and shows himself to be worthy at the plate in 11 games i think two things number one we're good to go because we're only 11 games and then number two it does give you just a little bit more peace of mind after you know what we saw uh in travis jarno going down with a concussion and wh- how valuable he'd been at the plate so definitely wanted to give sean murphy a shout out but boy bryce elder it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday where it's like hey hey we don't have to p- hit the panic button, okay? Jared Schuster had a moment in his yeah, debut. Yeah. Dylan died yeah. in his second game, a little shakier, than his stellar first game. But yeah. Bryce Elder goes back to reminding you when he can take you I'm through, here. what, six of the third innings, and he can take you through those innings, essentially giving up, what, seven hits? But I'm sorry, six hits, six but more importantly, he struck out seven and he only walked one. So we're not, remember, this was a team that at the beginning of last year and even the last season, they were having trouble with those walks with their pitchers. Not anymore. So I think he goes back to, in case you were somebody who was already waffling, gets you confident again in a young pitching rotation.
0: Yeah, and I think that when you you think about being able to come through like that, that's this is why this roster was constructed the way it is. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, those are some of the things that we have to continue to play with and play through. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as when, when it as far as the Braves concerned, I'm talking about we. I'm speaking French and stuff. Uh, <laughs> look at me, <laughs> but I, but I think that you know they are are built to handle the things that they're going through right now. And I think that when you look at what 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 the deal is for tonight, because and they're bouncing back. Hey, Kyle Wright is coming. You know, and when you think about Bryce, uh, Bryce, um, Bryce, Earle, excuse me, being the guy solidifying himself. Now, let's see if Kyle Wright can, you know, coming off the quarter zone shot with the shoulder information, everything, dealing with that during the spring training. Now he's going to make his start. Uh, tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. I'm all up for that and I and I and I'm expecting him. I see I have expectations for this team. <laughs> 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 so I am expecting Kyle Wright to do the same and we definitely will keep an eye on that as they get started tonight. But speaking of tonight, like you know what's going down with with the Atlanta Hawks versus the Miami Heat, right? In the play in game, they meeting up against the boogeyman but we're going to talk about coming up next uh the ownership has given the front office permission to trade trade we'll talk about all that next but first we got to talk about fanduel.com slash locked on because it is the number one sports book in america and if you are rocking with us the number one podcast in america so you should do the same when it comes to the FanDuel Sportsbook because they got everything right there just for you. And guess what? They have a special, special deal going on for the people who are new customers. They're offering up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So, yeah, you out here messing up up the money, messing up the church's money, go and check out FanDuel because they might got a little something for you, up to $1,000 if your first bet doesn't win. So go and check those guys out. They got the money line and everything to threes drained. So you can get get all those things. You can combine all your bets for a chance at a same-game parlay. So here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get your no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So that's fanduel.com slash locked on. fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel an official. Sports betting partner of the NBA
1: and you just want to talk about some threes being drained we hope to see the Hawks trending up because of course the last time they played the Miami Heat they had uh, we'll call it a respectable 31 percent. but they've actually improved quite a bit since about a month or so ago but speaking of the Hawks and what we want to see out of them I mentioned in the tease that you got to. 2.0 here between the Hawks and the Heat. Now, last year, it was round one of the playoffs. This year, it's the first game of the play-in round. Does it hinge on Trey Young? Is he the guy who, if he goes, so goes the Hawks? Or is he the guy where it's like, hmm, maybe not as much? Recent article that came out just yesterday, Jarvis, talked about yeah. the Hawks changing everything. And we know what those changes were, right? We Absolute. know options shakeups. Out goes uh, Travis Schlink, for example. In comes Landry Fields. And the list goes on and on. Out goes Nate McMillan. In comes Quinn Snyder. Yes. But the question has remained from the lineup perspective, Jarvis, who's going to go in and out? And we kind of know that the reason Quinn Snyder was brought in with about 22 games left in the regular season was so that he could evaluate those players and kind of determine it. But before this season, and really, Jarvis, I'll venture to say that before the back half of this season – speculating that Trey Young would be gone or that the Hawks would move on for him was like, blasphemy,
0: blasphemy, Absolutely, yes.
1: But after two years of underperforming and being two years from their removed from their trip to the Eastern Conference Finals, now that's starting to be a question that's being posed again. And so Kevin uh, O'Connor from The Ringer, who was the most recent writer to propose that, if you will, to say that, hey, Tony, wrestler and company, regardless of if Trey desires to stay or not, that decision could be made on and hinged on what they do in this play-in round or really in this postseason overall. Your thoughts?
0: Wow. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, we could, because when I used to get sad or upset when I hear about, oh, yeah, because um, uh, my guy uh, for Yahoo Sports, uh, the brother, um, Chris.
1: Oh, Chris th- Haynes?
0: Chris Haynes, yeah. Chris Haynes had reported that you know, Trey may request a trade, you know, depending on how things go in the playoffs in the postseason. Yeah. I'm like, man, we gotta stop all that stuff, man. Because you know, we, we cover this team very closely. So yeah. we know we get, we talk to different people within the organization and kinda understand and have a really good feel of what's going on with this team. But but now I'm in a space where I don't mind a report of them saying of the ownership saying, Hey, you know, uh, if you guys want to trade him or you feel like there's something comparable or it makes sense that will get this team to where we want to be, go by all means, go ahead. You have the green light to go ahead and do that. And I don't have a problem with that, even if it's a, not a space where they want to trade him or they won't trade him. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be, everything is on the table when it comes to getting this team better and making them a contender. And, and I don't think nothing at this point, at this juncture, nothing needs to be left off to the table when it comes to trying to get this team better. And I think that that's something that Trey needs to understand. And that's something that I had to come to understand as well because, you know, yeah. I really like Trey. I love what Trey has done, you know, coming in and, and, and being, having all the pressure with the whole Luka Doncic thing. And, and then how about this too, Tim? Yeah. It's a little sidebar. How about the, the possibility of both of these guys being traded? Because oh, Luka being traded, you know what I mean? Like, who would have thought that on, on draft night when, when this trade was went down? So I think that all these things kind of come into play when it comes to Trey Young, whether he stays or goes. And I don't necessarily believe that it might be hinged on what he does tonight in this particular game. But I do believe that, you know, the, the main piece right here, which is a very important one, Quinn Snyder... They said that he's gonna have a lot of uh, uh, say so as far as what, how the roster is constructed, and yes. I think that's the biggest part that was in this article. We're yeah. talking about you know whether or not they're gonna trade him because we know I really trust Quinn Snyder from a basketball standpoint. Yes. I because hold, it was, yeah.
1: It was the first thing that I thought of when they hired him. And listen, this is no offense to the Hawks organization whatsoever. We uh, no kind of work for them so I'm not about to offend them no, but no I yeah. still tell the truth and try to be as objective as possible and the first thing I thought when Quinn Snyder decided to come here was wow legitimately what makes this a destination versus all of the other cities and teams and franchises that were after him well it makes sense that you would make him pretty much head coach basketball plus and the plus is that he would mm-hmm. have a real, real decision, like some semblance of authority and really a voice in the room when it comes to where this team is going to go as it relates to personnel decisions. Listen, this is a guy who had players like Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, just to name a few. I mean, we could go down the whole list of right. his eight seasons with the Jazz, but he continued continue to climb the ladder as far as consistency was the key for him and as far as improvement in stats we talked about it yesterday how now the hawks go from middle of the road to like number two in offensive rebounding and number one in second chance points since he arrived here so he makes an instant impact but there's one area because of course that's on the defensive side of the ball now on the offensive side of the ball i agree with you i don't think it's going to be one game necessarily like if for some reason trey doesn't play well against the heat meaning they trap him again and he can't figure it out right uh, even though he's got Dejounte help helping him this time yep. or if some for some reason they don't get out of the playing round now that's where I think it could make a difference because if you don't get out of the playing round because you're not moving the ball the way that Quinn Snyder would like you to move the ball that's going to be a challenge because think about it Jarvis oh let me
0: add this let me no add one. this to the T let me add this too or if he's not moving off the ball like he's supposed to, because we know that's a big thing as far as with, when it comes to Trey Young, as, as far as to whether or not he wants to, you know, because, you know, uh, Quinn runs a motion style offense, so this guy's moving with the ball in your hands or moving with, why, while the ball's not in your hands. We know that has been a real stickler for Trey, not, not outwardly, but we just uh, looking at it on the court, he doesn't, he doesn't tend to want to do it consistently. And I think that that's what Quinn Snyder wants when it comes to implementing his offense. So I think that's going to be a big key as well.
1: Well, that, that yeah, that was the point that I was making. in mm-hmm. going back to the fact that everyone always looked at Nate McMillan and said, hey, you know, the Hawks get caught in this half-court offense and they can't really move the ball yes. and they stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons you stay stagnant is kind of because your point is dribbling the clock out And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, sometimes when he didn't dribble the clock out, there were some ill-advised shots. So if this offense stagnates because you're continuing to dribble out the clock and you're the reason that they sort of stay in a half-court offense – then that's going to be something where you can't help but look at you because you're the field general. So you've got to be responsible for moving that ball. So while I don't think it hinges on one game, I will say that it kind of hinges on what he does in this postseason because it's probably going to be a microcosm of what we've seen this entire season. And that's the reason I think that it could very well hinge on what goes on here. And I think it's been a shift because what our guy Chris Haynes was reporting was more on the side of Trey requesting a a trade. I think what Kevin O'Connor – and others have spoken about more recently is the organization maybe yeah, trying right, to yeah, decide. Yeah. They you want might not to. want you. To. That's, where <laughs> that's yeah. exactly where I think we are now. But John Collins, on the other hand, might have something else to say about that because yeah. in a conversation that he had with our guy Brandon Scoop, friend of the show, yeah. he mm. of Valley Sports, John Collins made some very interesting comments, and I thought, hmm, maybe that's something that we want to chime in on because, you know, listen. That's that's his guy. Right. Right. And I can't blame him for trying to defend his guy or trying to, you know, give some positives as it relates to his thoughts on Trey Young and the constant comparison. Right. To Steph Curry. So John Collins says, quote, I can definitely say for sure that he's a way better playmaker than Steph and he's a better isolation scorer. But obviously there's different things that he does better and Steph does better. For me, Jarvis, we can stop right there because you can dig into that one statement alone and break that down and give yeah. your thoughts. So let's kind of break that down. First of all, he says, I can definitely say for sure that he's a way better playmaker than Steph and he's a better isolation score." Okay, stop. Playmaker. Go ahead and weigh in on that because I guess my question would oh. be definition of a playmaker. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think this is we shouldn't be comparing these, you know, it's not a comparison. Like it shouldn't even be, we're not, we have not reached the point where Trey Young can be compared to Steph Curry. I understand the whole logo threes and all that stuff. Yeah. That's cool and all. But when you're talking about comparison of games, like I think people don't really understand, like Steph Curry is probably the best, one of the best shooters of, all time like, you know what I'm saying like like he's in the conversation now <laughs> like and, and and when you think about him adjusting his game to the NBA him being a small guard and teams trying to taking advantage of him on on the defensive side of the basketball I don't think Steph Curry gets enough credit for you know doing the necessary things in order for them to get to this championship level and be considered a dynasty I think that all of those from a leadership standpoint and being being willing to um, motion and and move without the basketball in his hands. That's what took his game to a next level, coming off screens, handoffs, all that stuff. So, yeah, all of that, that Trey is not willing to do any of that right now, like consistently. So that's why I don't really care for this comparison. Now, Mm -hmm. when you're talking about, you know, handling the rock and getting dimes and all that stuff, and I've seen a stat, they were saying, I think he has like over 1,700 points and, uh, over 700 assists within the past couple years or so, you know, no other player in the NBA has done that. Yeah, that's all cool, but like, what is it got you though? Like, some and that. <laughs> right oh my
1: goodness! Yeah, that's exactly where my mind was going because if yeah. you have to look at the stats from this season, like, yeah, Trey has more field goals made, but you know what the differential is, Jarvis. Steph Curry has 559, so we'll just call it 560. Trey is right. 5.7, 600. If you only have a differential of 40, 40 field goals made, and yet Steph Curry played under 2,000 minutes. Yeah. Trey Young was closing in on 2,600 minutes. That yeah. tells you how unbelievably... Yes, that Steph Curry <laughs> be is physically in yes. a game. So when you yes. start talking about playmaker, to me that's a playmaker or someone who has... Forty nine percent field goals. It goes to what you just said. Forty nine percent. You're efficient, especially when you're shooting forty three percent from three when you're looking to trace thirty four. And then you get it done at the charity stripe as well. Ninety one percent. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. And I'm going to hit you with something, too, Jarvis. You just hit it. We don't talk enough about, and I know I'm using the Encanto uh, reference there, but (laughs) we don't talk enough about Steph Curry and his rebounding, okay? Because, (laughs) like I said, 600 less minutes of game time and yet 341 rebounds to 217 rebounds. So, again, we don't knock John Collins for, obviously, uplifting his guy that's what you are supposed to do is yeah of course yeah you or your guy are in that's limbo. pretty
0: cool to see right you know I'm like All right, you
1: cool. your guy yeah. are in limbo so we don't really yeah. know what's going to yeah. happen with either one of you so hey if you want to go ahead and be that guy who tr- supports and, and lifts up that's a good thing but let's be careful jarvis i think this is one where you do want to put the tbd by it and say to be determined and hey we don't have to just Debate about it here. I am sure when the folks at Lockdown Sports today hear about this type of thing, or really anything as it relates to this NBA play in and playoff season, you can check them out because they'll give reaction. And, Jarvis, I'll be honest with you. I don't doubt that they might give some reaction to Jeff Okuda because acquiring a corner of his stature may be something that those national guys want to talk about as well, coming here to potentially shore up the Falcon secondary. So, don't forget. You go to YouTube, check out ATL Day Ones. Yes, you can see our faces and you can hear our voices, of course, wherever you download your podcast. And you can do the same thing for Locked On Sports Today, just like you do for FTC. Go ahead and check them out on what they call Take of the Day. That's Locked On Sports Today.
0: Locked on Sports Today. Check that bad boy out. But here, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports entertainment and the culture and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down today um and you know today is no different t because when you think about marriage proposals right sporting events you know it's kind of cool you know heartwarming and everything like that but i don't know if i I think i might call bs on this one because you know the the young man got on the knee he was at the uh toronto raptors boston versus the uh, boston celtics in, in boston and he got down on the knee before he got down on the knee, T, he started pumping the crowd out like, Yeah, everybody get up, everybody stand up. And then he gets down on the knee, he proposes to the young lady, the young lady standing there looking, and then she's like, Nah, and kind of sits down and then puts the sunglasses on. And I'm sitting up here like, Oh no, and like, Oh, let's watch the rest of the game. Like, No, T, I don't. If 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 it went down like that in real life, now I know this was a real event, it happened. But I just don't – I question it because I'm not about to get ready to sit down and continue to watch the game for you if you doggone just turn me down in front of all these folks.
1: Yeah, and that was a video that went viral many years ago because it was this one proposal where, I mean, this guy – Uh, at a Houston Rockets game just got his heart straight smashed. But like you said, after (laughs) people kind of, you know how we do, we go back and we break the video down and we slow-mo it it, and we go Google it to see, like, who are these people and what's the background story? So, you know, Mm. Twitter went in and concluded that it was a fake proposal concluded that it was a fake proposal and so yeah i figure i don't know and maybe i should ask the entertainment team for the hawks because i'm a part of that entertainment team and we actually just had a proposal of recent i want to just ask them like give me some of the you know industry secrets like we know they of course talk to these individuals in advance but of course like already know that this person for sure for sure is going to get a yes because like number one that cheapens it if, you know, they get a no And number two. Like, this, it's entertainment, so it's still supposed to be hinged on something positive. So I don't know. Maybe I take that back, Jarvis. Maybe it's not so bad if there's a no because maybe that could cause drama and be good for the entertainment team as well. But I'm with you
0: might be fake yeah that's there's some fakeness going on like oh and and that's that's what makes me upset sometimes when people try to take something that's pretty cool it's really yeah, cool darn to it. propose yeah propose somebody at a sporting event like that's cool yeah. that's cool that's cool, that's cool. Yeah. but you know like but to to stage it and to just to, in all in all the world just to go viral like yeah. what are you gonna how are you gonna benefit from that well, anyway, yeah. Well, like, well,
1: folks out here looking for a real engagement. I'm just okay, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, i I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt a little day touching. Day. It, touching this right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey man, you know, like y'all boys better come to correct y'all coming to tea. You know what I'm saying? With that engagement, because you know, I'm I'm addressing you down, Jack. You yeah, know, no, I'm I got my girl support. back. You know what I mean? Like, here we go. But yeah, we want to say thank you guys for rocking with us today and putting up with our foolishness and make ATL Day 1 your first listener today. Why don't you go ahead and Check out Locked On Sports today. And, you know, make sure you make yourself an everydayer. Every day. You need to be listening to Locked On Sports today, ATL Day 1s, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, checking out the Locked On Braves postcast, all that stuff. Make sure you be there. We really appreciate you. You'll never regret it because we got all Atlanta sports cover right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. And before we get out here, if I don't do anything else, if you don't do anything else with your life today, why don't you make sure That you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.